Good evening, friends. I am delighted to come your way in a time like this. I'm glad to come your way. I am delighted to come your way in a time like this. I want to appreciate the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Creator of the heavens and the earth, the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last, for making it possible for us to gather here again today. I want to appreciate him for his mercy over every one member of the Lost Friedman Ministry. May his name alone be praised and glorified forevermore. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. I welcome you all to this meeting today. And I will be sharing with you shortly the message I titled Contentment in the Life of Paul. Contentment in the Life of Paul. Now, if you have been following this teaching, the last time we were discussing about contentment, we discussed at length from different scriptures, different passages. Of the Bible from 1st Timothy chapter 6 from the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and the book of Matthew and the rest of them and we did establish that contentment is spiritual and contentment is a spirit we did also establish that contentment is inward sufficiency. So I want us to study the life of Paul and how he handled the issue of contentment in his life. Praise God. Please turn your Bible with me to the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 4, the last chapter of Philippians. And I will start my reading from verse 10. Verse 10, I read from the New King James Version. I will be reading from other translations too, as we normally do. Verse 10 of Philippians chapter 4, I read, But I rejoiced. In the Lord greatly that now at last your care for me has flourished again though you surely did care but you lacked opportunity now this was Paul talking to the church of Philippians appreciating their generosity towards him not that I speak in regard to need for I have learned in whatever state I am, to be content. Verse 12, I know how to be at best, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I have learned both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. Verse 13, the last verse, I can do all things 
through Christ who strengthens me. Now let's read using the Amplified Bible. Amplified. I will read from verse 10 to through 13 again. I was made very happy in the Lord that now you have revived your interest in my welfare after so long a time. You were indeed thinking of me, but you have no opportunity to show it. Verse 11. Now that I, I am implying that I was in any personal want, for I have learned how to be content, that is, to be satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted in whatever state I am. Verse 12. I know how to be abased, as how to stay low and be comforted and live humbly in strict, straightened circumstances. And I know also how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare or going without and being in want. This was the life of Paul being explained to us here. Verse 13, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. Praise God. So Christ empowers when a man is contented. Christ empowers the man to be okay, no matter the circumstances he may find himself in life. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Praise God. It will be of great importance to every believer, every Christian, every disciple of Jesus Christ to take a closer look uh, at the kind of life the Apostle Paul lived the manner and the way he conducted himself throughout his ministry. What a wonderful statement. What a wonderful statement. I know how to be abased. And live humbly. Contentment have to be built into our spirit and therefore become 
a product of the Spirit. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. That's what NLT says. I know how to live on almost nothing. The present day Christianity does not encourage many of us. Does not strengthen the believer on how to take responsibility in building self-sufficiency and inward resistance to earthly possessions. I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation. The secret of living in every situation the man was trying to communicate to the church of Philippians is contentment. A man that have attained the height of godliness with contentment is no longer moved by the things of this world. We can refer to such a man as one Always walking in the pathway of good success. The pathway of good success. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach. That is, there is no need for me to complain anymore. I have learned the secret, the remedy to complain. I have learned how to deal with my flesh. My stomach, my flesh no longer dictates to me that which I must do. But rather the life I live now, I live through Christ. Praise the Lord. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. With plenty or little. Why is it that I can do this? For I can do everything with the help of Christ, not relying on my own ability, but I rely on the ability of Christ. I rely on the promises of God, which says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Praise God. The word of God is true. And the word of God will never change. Not even our situation can make the promises of God deviate from its original standard. I have, I have strengths for all things in Christ who empowers me. 
When a man learns the real art of godliness, there is empowerment. There is an enabling that flow from Christ toward that man. That was what the Apostle Paul was enjoying. Instead of complaining, rather he found himself giving glory to God. Appreciating God. I'm ready for anything. And equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. What the man was saying here and letting the church of Philippi know is the fact that I am no longer controlled by what control the people of the world. I am no longer driven by senses. I am no longer driven by any human gratification. But I take my sufficiency in Christ's sufficiency. Of course, this is the level, this is the height that God wants every one of us to attain as, as believers, as Christians, as disciples of Christ. This is the level, this is the height. Because when we fail to operate by these standards that are clearly written out in the scripture, we must have to sell our birthright so that we may have something to eat. But this man is telling us here, the Apostle Paul, he said, there is no need for me to sell my birthright because I've learned the secret about life. The secret about life, the secret about success in this context is to be satisfied with what you have. Is to be satisfied with what you have. Remember the other time we read from the book of 2 Timothy chapter 6. He said, we brought nothing into this world and it is certain we will take nothing out of it. Many men and women who have died over the years, none of them took anything from this world out. Praise God. We are to crave for things that matters, as I have said before, not on things that do not matter. This man was much more concerned about things that matters. Praise the Lord. And now this was his focus. Let's go to Philippians chapter 1. This was the focus of this man. Philippians chapter 1. The Lord is good. I want to start reading from I want to start reading from verse 19. For I know that Okay, let's take it from verse 18. What then? Only that in every way 
Philippians chapter 1, verse 18. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached. And in this I rejoice. Yes, I will rejoice. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, according to my earnest expectation. And hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also, so now also, Christ will be magnified in my body. This was the aim of the man. Whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I choose, I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed, verse 23, between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, 24, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith. This was the, this was the aim of the man. Why? Because contentment has been built into his spirit. No mother can make this kind of statement. Who is a contentious man? No, no, no. No. But a man understood the things that matters in life. Believers, let us look for the things that matters indeed. Not running after the things of this world that perishes with the world. There are things that matters. In recent time, I've told people, I said, because you, most of you have not experienced Christ enough, you have not encountered Christ enough properly, and you have not experienced what we call eternal life indeed. That is the reason why you are still contemplating whether to follow Christ fully or to follow him in the halfway and follow the world in the halfway. But if you have indeed experienced and test Christ and encounter him properly, you will have no choice than to follow him. When you know that your resources is made completed in Christ, just like the way the Apostle Paul said that his self-sufficiency comes from Christ's sufficiency. He said, I can do all things through Christ. The ability to do it is not in my own human ability, but is in Christ's ability. Is in Christ's ability. This is a life worthy of emulation. A man who can live beyond what he or she can eat alone and beyond what he or she can put on. Only God can determine the height and how far the man will go. No wonder this man went far in his ministry. Why? Because his need and focus was no longer food, drink, or shelter.
This man was no longer living for food. Neither was he living for clothing or living for shelter. How do I know? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 11. 2 Corinthians chapter 11. Let's take you from verse 1. Praise God. Hope you are You are following me. Pray the Lord we grant you all understanding. All right, verse 1. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little fully, and indeed you do bear with me. For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy, for I have betrothed you to one husband, that is Christ, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. But I fear at least somehow as a serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. For if he who comes, for if he who comes preaches another Jesus, whom we have not preached, or if you receive a different spirit which you have not received, or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. For I consider that I am not at all inferior to the most eminent apostles. Versus, even though I am untrained in speech, yet I am not in knowledge, but we have been thoroughly manifested among you in all things. Verse 7, did I commit sin in humbling myself that you might be exalted? Because I preach the gospel to you, I preach the gospel of God to you free of charge. I rob other churches, taking wages from them to minister to you. And when I was present with you, and when I was present with you, and in need, I was a burden to no one. You see, he say, and when I was present with you. And in need, I was a burden to no one. For what I lacked, the brethren who came from Macedonia supplied, and in everything I kept myself from being burdensome to you. And so I will keep myself. As the truth of Christ is in me, no, no one shall stop me from this boasting in the religion of Achaia. Why? Because I do not love you. God knows. Praise God. Let's jump to verse 15. Therefore, it is no great thing if... Okay, let's just continue. So that will be in... Let's just continue. So I will have a, a flow of reading. Verse 12. Praise God. Okay. Verse 12. But what I do, 
I will also continue to do, that I may cut off the opportunity from those who desire an opportunity to be regarded just as we are in the things of which they boast. For such are false prophets, false apostles rather, deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. Verse 14, and no further, and no wonder, for Satan himself transformed himself into an angel of light. Therefore, verse 15, there is no great thing if his ministers who transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose hand will be according to their work. I say again, let no one think me a fool, if otherwise, at least receive me as a fool, that I also may boast a little. Verse 17, what I speak, I speak not according to the, to the law, but as it were foolishly, in this confidence of boasting, saying that my boasting, according to the flesh, I also will boast. Verse 19, for you, for you put up with fools gladly, since you yourself are wise. For you put up with it if one brings you into bondage, if one divorces you, if one takes you, if one exalts himself, if one strikes you on the face. Verse 22, I jump verse 21. Who are they? Are they Hebrew, rather? So am I. Are they Israelites? So am I. Are they the seed of Abraham? So that I am. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am on labor, more abundant. Now let's take this, the part I really want to show to you. This is what the contentment of Paul led him into. Are they ministers of Christ? I speak as a fool. I am more in labors, more abundant, in stripes above measures, in prisons more frequently, in deaths often. From the Jews, five times I received forty stripes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was stoned. Three times I was shipwrecked. A night and a day I have been in the deep. In journeys often, in perils of waters, verse 26, in perils of robbers, in perils of my own countrymen, in perils of the Gentiles, in perils in the street, in the cities, in perils in the wilderness, in perils in the seas, in perils among false brethren, in weariness and toil, in sleeplessness often, in hunger and thirst, in fastings often, in cold and nakedness. Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily? My deep concern for all the church. This is what contentment led this man to. And his life is worth emulating. And I'm charging each and every one of you listening to me 
right now. Those of you present here and those of you on the internet, do you really think you can make boast of yourself the way this man have made boast of himself in the book of Philippians chapter 4? Can you? Can we make boasts of our sufficiency in Christ instead of complaining? May the Lord God help us. I have learned how to live life. Every man that understands the place of contentment the enemy get tired of such a man because his life is no longer regulated by the flesh neither is life under the control of material substances anymore but his life is now being dictated controlled and ruled the Son of God. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That is the life. That is the height God wants each and every one of us to attain as his beloved children. So are you ready, brothers and sisters, to make boast of Jesus Christ as being your source of optimist supply, not the word, not your job, not your business. Contentment with godliness is great gain. So let's go for it. Let's pursue it. And the Lord God Almighty will give us the grace to do so in Jesus' name. Till I come your way again next time, remain blessed. God Bless and increase you in all capacity. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord.